Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderwill. Thanks so much for joining me again today on our chapter a day journey, where we are in Judges 14, the story of Samson. And it was verses 1 and 2 that resonated with me this morning. It says, Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now, get her for me as my wife. Today's podcast is entitled, Achilles Heel. I was recently reading and proofing a business report that was written by a young colleague. And one of the things that I noted in his writing was the repeated use of a word that, though not incorrect, felt awkward in its use. So that prompted me to go and look up both the definition and the etymology, the history or origin of the word. And I discovered that the popularity of this word's usage in writing peaked a couple of hundred years ago. So no matter if it felt awkward, it's an old word that we don't use very much anymore. You know, in recent years, I've become increasingly fascinated by the origin and history of certain words and phrases. I don't know why, it's just a trivial thing with me. But we commonly use terms that are rooted in epic stories from history. Shakespeare may have had more influence on the English language we use today than more than anyone else. Uh, tons of phrases we still use today come from Shakespeare's works, including to break the ice, too much of a good thing, to wear one's heart on one's sleeve, come what may, fair play, laughing stock, to be in a pickle, or wild goose chase. Yeah, all of those came from Shakespeare. Likewise, the term Achilles heel derives from the ancient historical hero of Troy, who ironically lived in the same general era of history as Samson, and was made famous by Homer's work, The Iliad. The seemingly invincible Greek warrior is felled by an arrow that goes through his heel. And to this day, we speak of a person's fatal flaw as their Achilles heel, which came to mind today as I read the chapter. The chapter continues the legendary story of Samson, a similarly legendary hero known for his feats of strength and amazing victories. In today's chapter, the author of Judges introduces me to three important themes. First, there is Samson's amazing strength. This is his divine gift, as the author continually reminds us that each feat of strength recorded is sourced in the quote-unquote spirit of the God coming upon Samson at that moment. In today's chapter, he tears apart a lion with his bare hands and then single-handedly defeats and plunders 30 Philistine men. Next, there is the fact that Samson always acts alone. And this continues the theme of his birth, which we read about yesterday, which makes Samson singularly special. He's set apart by God for these tasks to which he was called. And third, 
there's the introduction of Samson's fatal flaw. Unlike Achilles, it is not a physical flaw, but an emotional, spiritual one. Samson has an uncontrollable appetite for Philistine women, the very people from whom he was born to deliver his nation. He wants to sleep with the enemy. In today's chapter, Samson merely sees a Philistine woman. He's infatuated with her and demands that his parents procure her as his wife. His parents object, but Samson is adamant. Well, let me tell you, it does not go well, which will be a recurring theme in the continuing story. In yesterday's podcast, I began to think about my own life as the story that it will become when I pass away. When my great-grandchildren are doing their family tree for a school project and ask their parents about great Papa Tom, what will that story be? In the quiet this morning, I'm taking the question one layer deeper. In the story of great Papa Tom that my grandchildren tell to their children, what will be identified as my Achilles heel? I can hear them speaking. You know, son, Papa Tom, you know, he wrote all the time, had this blog. God was a big deal to him. He was a preacher. He owned a research business. He was a good guy, but dot, dot, dot. What will come after the but? (laughs) As I meditate on this in the quiet, I am reminded that every human being, save one, has his or her own human weakness, uncontrolled appetite, blind spots, tragic flaw, what this great story refers to as sin. There will be something that comes after the but in my story. I can't escape it. Which, according to the great story, is the very reason that Jesus came. Jesus even said, I didn't come to condemn the world. And I think that's important to remember always. Jesus came to make a way so that no matter what comes after that but, dot, 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 in my earthly story, as told by my descendants, in eternity there will be an additional but that goes like this. But he is loved beyond all measure. He is forgiven. All of those human weaknesses, the uncontrolled appetite, the Achilles heel, the blind spot, the tragic flaws, what the great story refers to as sin, yeah, they've been redeemed. They've been made right by what Jesus did for him. I pray you have a great day wherever this finds you on life's road, my friend. We'll be back here tomorrow.